your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. More than 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care, with guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Merrill Griff. Hi, how are you? And welcome to Caught Between Generations. We're so glad, Deanna and I, that you decided to join us today. And today we're going to talk about something that usually isn't spoken about a lot, and that is men. We're going to talk about men. Now, you're going to say, what are you talking about? We talk about guys a lot. That's true. But we don't talk about guys as caregivers, as family caregivers. And... We want to really delve into it today. So we're going to have a really interesting show with us today is Jean Asus, who I'm going to introduce to you in a moment. And then a little later in the show, after the break, we're going to be joined by a gentleman whose name is Bob Hawkins, who's actually been a family caregiver uh, for his wife and actually now leads a support group that's called Four Men Led by Men um, that consists of men who are family caregivers. So, Gene, welcome to Caught Between Generations. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Thank you. So, Gene is the Vice President for Independent Living Long-Term Services and Supports for AARP. He previously served as a Senior Policy Advisor within the Disabled and Elderly Health Programs Group at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. And Gene also serves on the American Society on Aging's Generations Editorial Advisory Board, and he's a member of the Board of Directors for the Center of Excellence in assistant living. So, Jean, is the number of men who are caregivers, family caregivers, actually rising? So, I want to start off by just kind of sharing with you uh, that there's over four, 40 million family caregivers across this country. Uh, and of uh, that 40 million, four out of 10, which is about 16 million uh, of the more than 40 million Americans who are unpaid family caregivers are men. Uh, these are husbands who are caring for their wives or partners. These are sons who are caring for their moms and dads. And what we know is the fact that because of different uh, changes and uh, people living longer and the fact that uh, the population is aging uh, and that there's changes in the workforce, that what we're starting to see is that actually men are rising to the occasion to provide care. So, Gene, how do they become caregivers? I mean, because all of us are kind of used to women, even if they're daughter-in-laws, for example, having to step up to the plate to take care. How, how is it that men are suddenly in this position? Well, you know, I think it's a couple of things. One is that we've had conversations with men across the country. And what we've learned from these conversations is the fact that sometimes, number one, you know, people don't necessarily identify themselves as a caregiver, Right. Uh, so what tends to happen is that he, he, what we've heard is that, you know, you start off uh, by taking a loved one, a spouse, a partner, or your parent to a doctor's appointment. Uh, 
And then over time, uh, you're taking time off from work in order to provide care uh, or the health conditions change and um, people are taking on more and more. So for some people, it could be a very gradual process and for others, it could be quite sudden. And what we've heard from a lot of men across the country is that once they are in this role, uh, it changes their lifestyles. Uh, uh, many say that it's quite stressful. Uh, and oftentimes, they don't necessarily talk about their experiences and the stress that they're actually dealing with. Some men also say that it's quite rewarding, but they also say that they don't know what to expect, which is why we've created this big campaign to really kind of raise the profile of um, men who are providing care and to really say that you're not in this alone, uh, that caregiving is tough, uh, but we can provide you with resources that uh, makes it uh easier, if you will, for you to provide care. So, Jane, what kinds of tasks are um, family caregivers that are men performing? I think one of the biggest misconceptions that uh, male family caregivers, uh, they help with managing finances or helping with some of the house uh, chores or helping with transportation. And what we actually found from the work that we've done, and it was also supported by the conversations we've had with men uh, who are providing care across the country is that they're doing more than just managing finances and providing transportation. They're helping their loved ones with personal care activities like eating and assisting with bathing and showering and dressing and toileting. And also, they're also doing very complicated medical nursing tasks. And what we mean by that is injections, tube feedings, and wound care. And what we heard from men and also what our surveys actually illustrated was that many men did not feel prepared uh, to actually take on these tasks. And in fact, over half reported that it was very difficult to do some of these personal, intimate, and complex care tasks. That is exactly actually what I've um, heard from the men uh, that are family caregivers in our Sarah Care Centers throughout the country. And that is the personal care issues um, really are difficult for them. Some of it is that it's embarrassing for them. Some of it is actually they don't know how to do it. They're overwhelmed themselves. You know, they're overwhelmed by, you know, a drawer filled with makeup, you know, a closet filled with 30 pairs of shoes, you know, a hundred dresses. They're just overwhelmed. You know, how do do they work through that? What are your suggestions for that? So uh, this is one of the reasons why we've actually created the Caregiver Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving to actually help family caregivers deal with some of these experiences. on the Caregiving Resource Center, family caregivers can find different guides and tools and strategies to help them where they are in their caregiving journey. We have materials for first-time caregivers and what to expect uh, as a caregiver. We have information in terms of how to actually manage your day-to-day as a caregiver and what are some of the things that you might actually need, both to actually uh, provide the care, but also what are the things that caregivers, and this is both true for men as well as it is for women, uh, is don't forget yourself. In the process of providing care, don't forget to take care of yourself. Uh, You want to be sure that your energy is up and alert and that you also are well-rested to the extent that you can and you have the resources that you need. So on the Caregiver Resource Center, we have videos, we have toolkits, we have guides, we have articles, all the different types of information that you might need. Also, uh, individuals can find out what services are available in their local community uh, to help them. 
uh, with their caregiving needs. Jean, do you find that there's a difference in family caregiving of men for spouses versus caregiving for, let's say, parents? Right. So one of the things that we actually found uh, in our uh, research and, and, and some of our, and it, we even saw this in the conversation that we're having with male family caregivers across the country is that there are some differences in terms of the complexity of care and the duration of care um, between uh, a caregiver who's caring for a spouse or versus someone who's caring for a parent. Uh, and what we learned from some of the work that we've done is that a caregiver who's caring for a spouse, they're likely to really be doing significant uh, work around both the assisting with the eating and the dressing and the bathing, as well as the managing of the finances and transportation and uh, the chores. So they are doing it for a longer duration of time. And oftentimes, one of the things that we actually heard from some of our conversations is there's a trust issue as well. Uh, whereas some of the male family caregivers who were caring for their spouses, they were very hesitant to just um, to uh, seek out additional resources externally, particularly to come into the home uh, and to help with that, in part because of the dynamics. Uh, they were very guarded with respect to um, uh, who could actually provide those type of services, and they're likely to be primary caregivers. Uh, so with the, the the likelihood uh, uh, in the in the challenges with having to um, work, provide care can take its toll, and that's truth both for uh, a, a, someone who's caring for their parent, uh, as well as someone who is um, caring for a spouse or a partner. And the other thing I would just add is that whether or not the person actually lives with you also that uh, has implications. Uh, we've done some work looking at the out-of-pocket cost of caregiving, and what we found is that roughly um, caregivers are spending roughly about $7,000 a year on out-of-pocket costs uh, related to caregiving activities. And if you're a long-distance caregiver, that has also some implications. Jean, you, um, how do men handle the issue of the work-life balance? You alluded to that before, um, but what are the particular difficulties they have in managing that? Is it, is it that it's not accepting in their workplace, you know, that there's a prejudice that, you know, against male caregivers versus female caregivers, or what are the issues that you saw? Right. I think one of the... Um, one thing that actually came out in our conversations with um, men who are providing care is that, you know, that they agree that caregiving is stressful, uh, but few actually reach out for help. And they often avoid talking about their caregiving situation with others, and they don't feel comfortable discussing the emotional, or, uh, the emotional challenges of caregiving. And that also translates into the workplace. A majority of the male family caregivers uh, are working. They're working 40 hours or more a week. And we know from... Uh, our survey of male family caregivers that uh, more than one-third of the male family caregivers did not inform their employer about their caregiving responsibilities. Uh, and that number was even higher, particularly for millennials, when we looked at millennials who were providing care. So I do think that we have an opportunity, uh, both with employers and with society as, at large, uh, to kind of think about what are the ways in which we can uh, provide resources and tools and really help to create an environment where um, family caregivers, whether you're a man or a woman, can actually share uh, their caregiving experiences with their employers 
and really tap into the resources that employer might actually have. You alluded to one of the kind of myths and misconceptions about male caregivers and that, you know, the only thing they do is handle the financial pieces. Are there other misconceptions or prejudices against male caregivers? I think the, the one thing that keeps sticking out, and which is why we actually did this uh, campaign uh, to spotlight men who are providing care, is that um, oftentimes it, the misperception is the fact that caregiving is only uh, a woman's role. Only women are doing this, and the vast majority of caregivers are women. But we do know that there's a sizable number who are men, 16 million. And I think that uh, one of the reasons why we call this breaking stereotypes was to directly uh, counter this misperception that only women are providing this care. Uh, We, and I usually like to say that oftentimes, um, this is an invisible army. Uh, there's the, the who they wake up every day, uh, go to work, come home, uh, leave work early um, to provide care. They're juggling both their personal and professional lives and, and, and providing care. And to the extent to which we can acknowledge their experiences and uh, what their unique challenges might actually be and create resources. Uh, and that could be resources in terms of um, the interaction between a male family caregiver and when they take someone to the hospital or the interaction when they meet someone um, or provider who's providing meals on wheels or whatever the case may be, whatever those interactions are that they are actually seen and acknowledged uh, and their needs are addressed is critically important. So, Gene, if these men are what you just called invisible caregivers, they're not so um, they're not going to speak up and say that they're caregivers. How do we support them? How do we find out that they need help? What do you suggest? So one of the things that we actually did was that we created a series of videos. Uh, because when we started uh, to really kind of dig into this and we looked around, one of the things that we found was the fact that there were just not uh, a sizable number of videos of men who were providing care or talking about their own unique experiences. So we created a series of videos that you can actually visit at our aarp.org slash caregiving um, because I think it's critically important uh, to hear those stories. And I think that part of what we're trying to do, particularly through these videos, is to say, look, this is actually uh, real people who are having real experiences and real challenges and real needs. And we wanted to create the conversation and create an environment where men can actually get together and start talking. So the first thing is, is really what are the images that we see? What are the conversations that we're having? What are the assumptions that people are making? And how do we actually address those in a way where if I'm a male family caregiver, I can say, okay, that resonates with me. Um, I am not in this alone. And those, though there are four videos, uh, one is, in fact, of a group of millennials who, um, at different stages in their life, their spouses, their wives, had cancer. And they created this coalition uh, this, uh, to really kind of address the needs of men who are providing care. Uh, there's also uh, conversations, and you hear the experiences of other men in other settings who are talking about their challenges. So one of the things that we're hoping to do is to spotlight this, raise awareness, and also really create an environment where uh, men can feel that it's okay to be vulnerable, uh, that this is a a tough experience. It's also rewarding, but it's also tough. Uh, So part of 
is two prongs to answer your question. It's clearly raising the awareness. And then the other aspect is, is kind of thinking about exactly what are the different ways we can create uh, interactions with men who are providing care um, to, to really kind of get exactly what their concerns are. And a good example of this is the fact that the millennial uh, group, uh, Jake's Coalition, Jack's Coalition, excuse me, one of the things that they do, they, they do different activities. Uh, it could be fishing, golfing. It could be uh, a dinner at someone's house, um, or it could be a, an event at a bar. And they don't necessarily talk about their caregiving experience, but the fact that it's a group of guys who've come together uh, around an event, uh, and they bond and they talk, and it's quite organic, eventually those conversations come up. So, so there are different ways in which we can kind of think about ways to really kind of say, we see you, we hear you, and what you say actually matters. It was kind of interesting to me because, and we only have a brief time, G, but uh, the millennials, you know, you know, tend to be uh, more family-oriented, I think, and um, see it more important to take time off of work. Uh, at least that's what the studies show us, um, to devote to family. So just very quickly, who are the millennials taking care of? I mean, they're very young to be right. in a family caregiving situation. Right. So, you know, so the average millennial, particularly for men, um, men is 27 years old. And um, they're typically taking care of a parent that has um, some short-term or long-term condition or a, or a grandparent. Uh, so it's, 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 it's interesting because what we've learned from even the conversation we've had with millennials is that this is something that they never thought would happen to them. Uh, and they find themselves in this caregiving role. And not only are they trying to balance um, their responsibilities of trying to take care of their, their parent or their grandparent uh, and also maybe have a part-time job or a full-time job, but in some cases they're also going to school. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's a really fascinating um, a group uh, that's really providing care, and, and I think that more attention to some of their experiences is, is definitely warranted. All right, you've been listening to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with my co-host, Deanna Albrecht, and we've been here talking to Jean about AARP and the just absolutely wonderful and significant work they're doing with male caregivers. Stay with us. When we come back, Jean will still be with us, and we're also going to be joined by Bob Hawkins, who has been a caregiver uh, for his wife with Alzheimer's disease and now for his daughter and runs a support group specifically for male caregivers. I think it'll be really interesting to hear his perspective on this. Network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. At Sarah Care, we provide daytime activities and health related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals 
individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's S-A-R-A-H care.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I am Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Jean Actius, who's been talking to us about AARP and the just wonderful work that they've been doing with male caregivers. I am now joined also with Bob Hawkins. I've known Bob for a long time um, because we took care of, we helped to take care of his wife in one of our Sarah Care Centers. Um, Bob is an engineer, and he was actually president of his own engineering consulting firm. He retired in 1996 and started taking care of his wife who had a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease from 2004 to 2012 and he is now taking care of his daughter. So welcome to our show, Bob. Thank you. Um, and as I told our guests, our listeners, you are also the founder and head of our support group for men called, well, I call it Four Men Led by Men. I don't know what you call it, Bob, but that's what I call it. <laughs> I guess we call it the uh, Men's Caregiver Group. Ah, see? All right. Well, I made it into something else. So, so Bob, if men are we've talked about are traditionally viewed as providers and protectors and women are traditionally viewed as, as really the caregivers and the nurturers. So did becoming a caregiver for your wife kind of change your view? I can't speak for all men, but for myself, I don't remember feeling anything other than sadness when, when Mary Lou was diagnosed, and uh, I think the sadness was trying to realize what Mary Lou and I were going to be facing in the next few years. So I can't say that I feel, you know, other than sad and a little bit frightened. But other than that, I, I don't, I guess I didn't see caregiving for my wife as, as anything other than what I was expected to be doing. We talked about, um, before you came, in the first half of the show with Jean, about that men as family caregivers often will provide um, all types of care, including personal care, yes. um, and help with dressing. I mean, 
Was that uncomfortable for you? Do you have any suggestions for other men on how to handle those types of situations? I, I don't think, men don't feel that they are, they're not natural caregivers. And so it's, it's we're out of our element when we get thrown into a situation like this. I think caregiving for a spouse is different than caregiving for a mother or a daughter or some other relative. I think the relationships are different. And I find that that's true for my my relationship with my daughter as compared with my wife. Um, it may be the age difference that has something to do with that, but there's a different dynamic. So, um, men, men, this is not something that comes natural to men. Yeah. Okay. Jean, at any time, we welcome you to, to comment. So, uh, I, I um, think, uh, thank you so much. I, I, I want to echo uh, what was just said. When we had conversations with men across the country, one of the things that we heard was, particularly men who were caring for their spouses, was that this was part of their commitment. This was a part of their sense of obligation, and they didn't necessarily see it as them being a caregiver. It was more so, this is what I'm supposed to do. And we also heard something similar uh, for sons who were caring for a parent. They said, you know, I, I want to be a good son. Um, I want to, I want to, my, you know, my, my mom and my dad took care of me, and now it's my turn to take care of them. So it's, it's that sense of obligation and commitment that's so important. And I, I think what's been said is, is absolutely right. So, Bob, I want to talk to you a little bit about your support group, all right? So, do you find that the men are hesitant or they're reluctant to ask for help or to ask for emotional support from other people? I've been thinking about this and, you know, I've contacted more than 30 men to ask them to come to our support group. I, I guess there's been roughly 19 of them that have, have responded. And of course, some of that may be that the time is not, the time that we meet is not uh, conducive to their schedules. Uh, but I think it partly is because uh, they're out of their element they don't feel comfortable in uh, in talking about these things, and, um, and and the other thing is that most of the most of the men that are coming to our caregiving group are are retired gentlemen. Uh, most of them are caring for their spouses. Um, we do have some of them that have their spouses and loved ones have passed away. So, um, um. You, you know, Bob, I, I, I asked you um, to start the, um, the first um, Sarah Care Men's Support Group because I was talking to men who said that there were issues and things they wanted to discuss that they did not feel comfortable um, discussing in a, in a mixed-gender group. Um, can you talk a little bit about the kinds of challenges they're dealing with um, that they feel un- that they may feel uncomfortable discussing, you know, with women in a support group? 
Well, like I said before, uh, men are not caregivers and nurturers like men. Therefore, we don't we don't like to admit that we don't have a clue what we're doing. <laughs> you mean you can't ask directions, Bob? Right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Especially in front of women. Uh, my problem with mixed gender groups was that women seemed to dominate the conversation and the men said very little. <gasps> I can't imagine that. Oh. <laughs> Beyond me. Ah, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I believe uh, men caregivers that are taking care of, and I said this before, that the care of mothers or loved ones other than their wives have different feelings about, the, about their uh, care for their loved ones. And I've, I've told you that my, my, my situation is such that I've had taken care of my wife and, and my daughter, and, and they're different situations. They're different, they're different feelings in different, different situations. So, Bob, why, what do you think is different? You know, I, I love both of them very much, but I love them differently. Um, of course, I live with my wife 55 years. I've, I've lived with my daughter now almost 50 years, so there's not a whole lot of difference there. But, but uh, of course, there are two different personalities. Uh, and, and I, and, but I can't believe that I'm, I'm different than anyone else that would be in that situation. I don't think my situation is unique, but I just feel it's different. It's different. So if, Bob, I just, if I could just add to that, um, one of the things we learned from some of our conversations and some of the research is that, uh, you know, caregiving, um, it, it could be rewarding, it can also be challenging, and that the caregiving journey is very unique to the, the, to the caregiver. But regardless of how it actually started, almost all the caregivers agreed that they needed to learn new things or readjust that the process of caregiving actually impacted their lifestyle in some way and learning how to do or, or undo or do things differently was a process. And one of the things we heard from uh, men, whether they were caring for their parents or caring for a, a spouse, was just that, that this impacted that their lifestyle and they had to learn some new skills or uh, some new uh, ways of doing things. And I think what's different is the dynamics that was just discussed earlier that uh, that you know, it, there there is a difference in terms of caring for your spouse, or uh, and then caring for an aging parent. Just giving the dynamics of those relationships, and also in some cases, a, a spouse can be caring for someone for a very very long time um, because of a, a variety of diseases or conditions. Uh, so there's definitely uh, ways in which you know we can kind of try to think about how can we help. Uh, the care, the person who's caring for their spouse or partner, and how can we help the 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 son who's having to bathe their parent now, uh, or dress their parent, or take their parent to the to the bathroom? Uh, there's an emotional toll that comes with all of that uh, that we need to tap into. Get a try. Right. So I and going along with the theory of um, women talk too much. All right. <laughs> 
It's okay. For the, the you can't see this, but I am very forgiving of Bob. Not only because I I love him and I've known him for a long time, but today he brought me cookies when he walked into the office. So Bob is okay. I like Bob approach. <laughs> <laughs> but I, one of the reasons I asked Bob to to initiate this was because um, many of the men I were talking to, you know, were bringing their wives to one of our centers and they were bringing, let's say, their wives two days a week. And they were obviously stressed and overwhelmed still. And so I would say to them, well, why don't you bring your wife three or four days a week? And they would say to me, no, no, no. And I would say well is that a problem financially and they would say no the, my, my problem is I don't know what to do with myself I don't know what to do all right and I realized that as women we become like what I call the cruise directors for men you know my husband comes home and it's Friday and he says well what are we doing this weekend where are we going what are, what should I wear and what time should I be ready um, and I think sometimes we organize men's lives that way. And when that's gone, uh, many of the men I spoke to are lost. And they're also lost because they're not working anymore. And unless they've had friends they've had since childhood, um, they've lost those social relationships. Without women engineering them and organizing them, they, they are really kind of lost. Um so I just wanted to add that. I don't know if you have a comment on that, Bob, or not. I, I can see that. Uh, I guess Mary Lou's and my relationship wasn't that kind of a relationship. So I, I have a little hard time relating to that. But, but I can see that in, in some of the men that come to our caregivers group, uh, they they're, they're lost without their wives. And, and uh, uh, that, you know, our caregiving group only meets for a short time each month. So it's a, it's a short period of time that, that hopefully they, they, they can wind down a little bit. But we hope, hope, hope we give them some ideas of how to wind down more when they're back in their own home situation. But uh, are there any of those suggestions you'd you'd like to share with us, Bob, about how to wind down? Uh, yes, um, I uh, personally um, I like I like to take a walk in the woods. I like to go fishing. Um, I like reading. Um, so and and I tell I tell the men all the time I said take care of yourself. Yeah, you've got to take care of your loved one, but t- you've got to take care of yourself. If something happens to you, you're of no value to your loved one. So it's very important to take care of yourself. So however 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 you wind down, a glass of wine, I, whatever, take time for yourself. Very, very good, important advice. So, Bob, we always talk about caregiving as stressful and difficult and challenging. I mean, what are the positives, you think, um, that you had in in caring for your wife? I learned the importance of patience. 
I learned not to have any unrealistic expectations. I learned the importance of taking care of yourself. And I learned to make plans for the inevitable. Hmm. You know, I had the experience, as you know, Bob, of taking care of my mother. Obviously, I'm not a man, but, you know, there are common things. Um, And people would often say to me, oh, you know, Merle, that's so wonderful that you're taking care of your mom. She had a very dense stroke um, and lived in my home um, until she passed away in my home. But even though my mother was aphasic, she she really didn't have her speech and she was paralyzed on one side. Um, I really treasure those years as having very special time with her. Um, that um, just meant a lot, I think, to both of us. Um, and even though she couldn't speak, certainly her facial expressions and her one finger that was up in the air, you know, would certainly be <laughs> able to communicate to me, you know, what she felt. So I think there are, when, um, Jean, when you did your studies, did you find that people were able to speak to the positive experiences of caregiving? Absolutely. One of the things we heard from men around the country was that, that there were uh, moments where, uh, uh, that was really enlightening to them, that they felt that what they were doing was extremely rewarding, that they had an opportunity to engage with the person that they were caring for at a totally different dimension and level. Uh, I think that what Bob just outlined here um, about um, learning to be patient, uh, managing expectations and taking care of themselves and planning for the inevitable uh, is great advice. Uh, we heard from men uh, that said that, you know, I, I, I had to learn some new skills and that's okay. And the fact that they felt valued. Uh, and one of the things that I walked away from from one conversation with a group of men was that they said, you know, um, I had to learn that the person I was caring for, um, that that's the focus of attention, but that I also matter too. Uh, and really trying to balance that uh, can be very difficult for caregivers. Uh, some caregivers are still guilty about taking time for themselves. Uh, but once they realize that you have to take care of yourself in order to be helpful to someone else, uh, they felt enlightened. So they thought that the experience was rewarding, and there were some, you know, some who felt that it was challenging, but um, many men felt that this was what they uh, were supposed to be doing. Jean, were there specific suggestions or ideas or things that you heard that really stuck in your mind that you thought, aha, wow, that, that, was, that was really good, and I should share that with other people? Well, I, I think the, the whole, the whole uh, notion of needing to find an outlet, whatever that outlet is. It could be uh, a male folk, uh, uh, support group. It could be going out for a walk. It could be uh, reading a book. It could be going to go get a massage. Whatever that outlet is, is quickly, it is very, very important. And one of the things we heard from uh, Jake's coalition uh, in the work that they're doing, they sent out care baskets to men who are providing care. And it's not your typical care basket. Uh, What they find out is exactly what do you like? What do you like to read? What do you like to drink? What do you like to eat? And they'll send you who's your favorite football team or who's your favorite sports team or what's your favorite activity? And they create a care basket that's really catered to that uh, guy and what that guy is going through. Or if there's some things that the guy needs to get done around his house, they'll bring in a handyman to 
help around the house. So there's the different things that can really help the caregiver. Uh, and it's just a matter of just getting to know exactly where that person might be in their caregiving uh, journey. One of the things that we heard from men was that sometimes it was very difficult to reconcile their emotions. Uh, one minute they're happy, another minute they are frustrated, another minute they're, they're angry. And uh, so they go through these emotional cycles and really understanding that it's okay and that what you're going through in your experience, it's okay. And creating an outlet where they can actually voice that is very, very important. Bob, did you find that you had, what were the reactions of, let's say, other family members um, to your caregiving or friends or neighbors? They vary. Uh, one, one reaction that I didn't expect was some of Mary Lou's very dear friends didn't want to visit her in the uh, nursing home when I had to put her there because they didn't want, they didn't, they said that wasn't the Mary Lou they knew. So they didn't go to visit her, which was surprised me. Uh, my, our immediate family was quite supportive. Uh, so I don't, I, didn't have the trouble that a lot of families have. Uh, so, but but a lot of families have a lot of a lot of sibling sibling rivalry, mm-hmm. and uh, and I hear it from some of our our men caregivers that they don't don't really have any support from some of their their sons or daughters, and that's that's sad. But uh, but our but my situation was was more comfortable than a lot. Jean, do you did you hear any of that about the reaction um, to the men who end up or choose to be uh, family caregivers? I, I did hear some of that, and one of the things that we've talked about at ARP is the uh, this guide that we created uh, called Prepare to Care um, because of some of the family dynamics. Really try to make sure that families are having conversations before there's a crisis, and as part of that process is really identifying who can help with what activities so all the responsibility does not necessarily fall on just one person. And... Um, uh, so that is also available on our Caregiver Resource Center. But we feel that, and we've actually seen that by families having these uh, guided conversations about, well, what would happen, you know, if, if mom um, was in need of assistance and we had to provide care, who would be responsible for her finances? Who would be responsible for taking her to the doctor's office? Who would be responsible for uh, ensuring that uh, the house is safe uh, in terms of um, modification? Uh, All of those different things that you need to kind of think about, Uh, we are encouraging people to start having those conversations before. And even if you're in a current caregiving uh, situation now, it's still not too late to talk to your family members about is there a way you can help with certain tasks so it doesn't necessarily become so overwhelming on the individual. And then the other thing I would just say is that uh, keep in mind there's also other resources and other support that's out there. 
it might be your church, it might be your congregation, it might be uh, your uh, a local um, service provider or, or a group in your local community. So really kind of reach out to your local government to see exactly what programs might be available and uh, in, in, in other organizations in your local area to kind of help you as a family caregiver. Um, manage all of the different responsibilities that come with providing care. But Bob, if there it was a piece of advice that you could give all men um, that are family caregivers, what would that be? Take care of yourself. Bob, it's like you wrote the show for me. <laughs> that and, and Gene, you talked about that also right? That taking care of yourself, you're right, is really the most important thing. I think women to some extent have more problems with that because we tend to feel guilty uh, when we're we're very prone to guilt. And so, you know, we tend to feel guilty when we're taking care of men, ourselves. Men, men feel guilty too. Do they? They feel guilty too, yes. When they're, when they're caregiving. Yes. Yeah. They yeah. have a lot of, lot of emotions. When you tell men that it's important for them to take care of themselves, what's the reaction that you get to that? Uh, I get they don't they don't disagree with it. They just say, "Well, I don't I don't have time for that," or so, you know, I, my schedule doesn't allow for that, or or it, or they may not know how to, to right. what that means. They may not know what that means to take care of yourself. So, Gene, what is the kinds of advice that you give to men about how they need to take time for themselves? It, it really kind of gets back to um, if you can't take care of yourself, you're not really able to help others. And, you know, and I've heard the same thing is that it's really I, I don't have the time or I don't know how to take care of myself. And, you know, what we heard from men was that what would be helpful or um, uh, they would love respite care, uh, but they do feel a sense of guilt about taking that. And I think it's just the process of learning what it means um, and coming or uh, having a routine in place uh, that they can actually manage all the different caregiving responsibilities where they might kind of think about way, ways in which they can find the time, if you will, to take care of themselves. I think that many men are, it's ingrained in who they are, that they are providers, that they are protectors, and that, you know, I'll just deal with it. You know, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'll just deal with it. And uh, and what I always say is the fact that you can only deal with it for so long before you actually break down. So really trying to think about what are those things that you can do and realize that it's okay. I think there's an acceptance aspect of this, that it's okay to take a few hours to take care of yourself because by you taking that one hour or that 30-minute walk, it's actually going to give you the energy and the strength to keep on to uh, on this journey. So it's really it's an ongoing conversation. I think it's really addressing the what's at the core, which is this idea that I can do this and that, yes, this is tough. And that's one of the reasons why we created this campaign to say that, yes, caregiving is tough. Uh, but we want to give you some resources to really kind of help you on your journey because you don't have to do it alone. 
we have to stop. This has been great. Jean, thank you so much. And Bob, I really appreciate your courage and your willingness to come in and share your thoughts and your feelings with us today. Um, Always at the end of the show, interesting enough, I always ask you to do just one thing for yourself this week. And so the the one thing I'm going to ask you to do for yourself this week is to visit the website. It's www.aarp.org org slash caregiving i think you'll find it very valuable and very very helpful thank you so much bob and thank you so much gene this is between generations thank you thank you for tuning in to cut between generations with dr mel griff our program is live every thursday at 3 p.m eastern time 12 noon pacific time on the voice america health and wellness channel We hope to see you here next week.